Hello, and welcome to the season finale of Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. Hi, I'm Krista Mapes. Hi, everyone. I'm Gillian Larson. And today we are joined by our newest co-worker, Victoria. Hello. Hi, um, Victoria. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. Victoria will be joining us for our final recording of the podcast, and she is excited to be joining the podcast once season two happens in the fall. On this episode of Between the Stacks, Disney fairy tale adaptations and a farewell to our hosts, plus our segment Section Spotlight and Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. Odell Public Library has Niabi Zoo and Putnam Museum passes available for checkout. Please note that you may need to call and reserve a time to visit per the organization's pandemic guidelines. We have recently expanded our open hours. Fines were also reinstated, meaning late materials followed the 10 cent per day late fee. We are open Mondays and Wednesdays from 10 to 6, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 2 to 8, Fridays from 2 to 5, and Saturdays from 10 till 3. If you have any questions, call or email us. There is a small book sale inside the library currently located by the computer section. All books are free or by donation. The city of Morrison is hosting a mini paint the town at the sports complex from 8 a.m. to noon on August 7th. There will be 100 squares available, so you'll need to reserve your spot now. A link will be posted in the description of this episode. Please note that each ticket for this event is $10. With construction on Main Street wrapping up, the city of Morrison is hosting block parties, celebrating the reopening of certain blocks to the public. So keep an eye out for when those block parties will be happening. August 18th is the first day back to school. If you have a student that needs a library card, please visit us to get a student card. These cards are for any student within the Morrison Community School District, free of charge. Just bring the student's Skyward account or a form stating that they are registered at the school. Please note there are certain limitations applied to this card. The Whiteside County Fair is happening this year. It will be held August 17th to the 21st. For more information about the fair, use the link in the description of this episode. Miss Katie will tentatively be doing in-person story time starting this September, provided that children and parents social distance and wear masks. Miss Katie will lead the group in a story time and short activity on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. This may be subject to change based on local schools, guidelines, and staff comfort levels. We also wanted to announce that there is a winner for the bingo for last episode. So for those of you who don't know, we recorded our last episode live on our Facebook page, and there was a corresponding bingo sheet you could kind of listen and play along with. People have submitted their bingo sheets, and we drew a winner finally. And that winner is my <laughs> significant other, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Congratulations. So you Hi, get a... Hi, thanks for listening to me exclusive between the stacks t-shirt and exclusive. a gift card to a restaurant that you can take me to yeah <laughs> so before our main topic today we want to address the future of the podcast gillian and krista are leaving the library their last day was july 24th and they are moving on to college. Well, I guess they're already in college, but they're moving on to bigger and better things. Yeah, we're both like, I'm a senior and she's getting her master's degree and we're finally moving away to college. So like, better late than never. Better late than never. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're leaving. Our last day was today, the day that we're recording this. And uh, to all the patrons who stopped in to say goodbye to us, thank you. 
We'll miss you all very dearly. But season two of the podcast will premiere this fall with hosts Victoria and Emily. Maybe some more people we've recently hired. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but in the meantime, there will be a few bonus episodes until we return to our normal scheduled programming. Good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I already have the bonus episodes planned out. We will be posting more information closer to our season two launch. Until then, you can always send us ideas for things we should cover on the podcast at ask.odell.library at gmail.com or let any staff member know. And this podcast is for you, the listeners, so feel free to send us ideas at any time. For our main topic, we will be talking about the differences between fairy tales and their Disney adaptations. Talking about Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Cinderella. I'm sure everyone knows the Disney adaptation of Cinderella. Right, right. She has glass slippers and she's got this pretty ball gown that the fairy godmother gave her and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But did you know that in the Brothers Grimm tale, the slippers were actually golden? And the ball actually lasted for three days, not just one night. That's a rager, dude. <laughs> like, That's like a really cool sound of party. Well, other differences uh, between Disney and the real thing. Self-mutilation. There was self-mutilation. However, I was leaving that till the end. <laughs> there's, Emily wants to go and what should they go? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no fairy godmother. So instead of the fairy godmother... Cinderella went to her mother's grave where there was a tree and pigeons told her to shake the tree and what she wished for fell out of the tree. And so that's she would put on a new dress every single night. And the very last dress was also golden with golden slippers. And the prince also learned from uh, her like running off at midnight because Mm -hmm. the pigeons told her that she had to like come back by midnight. (laughs) The pigeons told me. (laughs) There's also... In the Cinderella tale for Disney, it says that the father dies. Yeah, that's how he marries the uh, uh, stepmom. Yeah. Oh, wait. However, after he marries the stepmom. The Brothers Grimm tale doesn't actually address the father. They say that he remarries, but that's it. Oh. They don't say he dies. Every every to a sh- main like, character who's a woman has to have a dead dad. I'm convinced. Dead mom. Disney convinced you that it yes. needs to happen. Yeah. So, But it didn't. It did he, guy. he might just have decided that, like, hey, I don't care what happens to my daughter. That, that's possible. Another difference, though, is that, oh, I mentioned that the ball lasted three days. But because she had to leave at midnight each day, the prince noticed the pattern. And he had pitch or tar thrown on the stairs on the very last day. Which is how she lost the slipper instead of her just running down the stairs and, oh, no, my shoe fell off. I love the fact that it was tar. Like this, yeah. th- that's a mean thing. Why don't you just talk to the girl? Like, hey, why do you leave at midnight? No, why do you leave at midnight? Her. No, it's I'm no. gonna trap her with yeah. tar, Home Alone style. Yes, yes. <laughs> just tar. Oh, ugh. yeah. <laughs> this man yeah. is very serious. And right. there's one final difference between the two things: yeah. self mutilation. Self mutilation. Oh, yes, great. Emily. Uh, the stepsisters, so that they can actually fit their feet in the slippers. They caught off a toe in their heel. Oh my god! Goodbye. And to they be- get caught by the prince because their shoes fill with blood. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and he Ew. can tell that they mutilated themselves to make a fit. 
What what other Disney? What other fairy tale did Disney ruin? Rapunzel. In the Disney movie, Rapunzel is a princess, and her mother is the queen, and she's dying. <laughs> she is dying. Right. She's but dying. she eats a plot from the but sun. But then and she it's eats fun. it, and it's fine. So, but in the original, by the Brothers Grimm, Rapunzel's not a princess, and her mother is not dying. Her mother just wants this plant named Rapunzel. And so her husband steals some from a neighboring sorceress. And the sorceress catches the husband stealing and says, You can have the plant, but like, I need your kid. Yeah. So they agree and just give away the child. Like, what, what nice parents. My husband never went to the grocery store oh my God. at midnight. <laughs> and there's so many ice creams. And I want Rocky Road. And there's one rocky road left and some weird hermit comes up to him and is like, you can have this rocky road, but I need your firstborn. Legally binding contract. Boom there. And he signed it. And I gave birth and was like, sorry, you really wanted rocky road this one time, but we got to get rid of the. the ba- I like, would be so upset. Just don't get the ice cream. It wasn't even. It, it passes. Yeah. Anyway, well, I guess they didn't realize it actions have consequences so, so yeah they took the immediate fun and had the plant i guess i don't know i i didn't I, live in the 1700s so rapunzel was not stolen but she was given away by her parents as a payment and then you never hear about the parents again that's very disney of them hmm. so mother Grothel, which is the same name the sorceress has in the brothers Grimm original locks rapunzel away in a tower with no doors and no stairs when she was 12. In the Disney version, it doesn't say when she went to the tower, but she kind of looks younger than 12. So a prince in the original stumbles upon a tower, not a bandit like Flynn Rider in the Disney version, and he hears Rapunzel singing. He comes back to the tower day after day to listen to her sing, but does not interact with her until he sees Mother Gothel ask Rapunzel to lower her hair. He then thinks that he should try that, which frightens Rapunzel at first, but then she just, like, is like, okay, man, here's my hair, come on up. No stranger danger, just come on up. The prince visits her on a regular basis and asks her to marry him, and she agrees. And then she has him bring strands of silk on his visits so she can make a ladder. She doesn't just magically escape the tower on her own hair. Rapunzel also becomes pregnant with twins in the original, Mother Grothel is furious about this, so she cuts off Rapunzel's hair and sends her to live deep in the forest. And then she sets a trap for the prince. After his encounter with Mother Grothel, he leaps from the tower and is blinded by the thorns at the bottom. He does not die, no serious injuries other than blindness. How could he not die? Yeah. He landed eyes first. (laughs) Eyes broke his fall. (laughs) So the prince searches for Rapunzel for years in the forest while being blind. And, and she had the twins in the forest? And she's got the twins. And they didn't send out a search party for either of them until, like... Like, why didn't they... The prince, he's a prince. He's why a did prince. they not, like, send people for yeah, him? They probably came across some woman with really long hair and two babies, and they were like, no, well, no, 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 no we're not going to help you. No, her mother, she has well, short hair. still, it's a woman alone in the woods with two children. I'm assuming, like, you could probably offer them aid. Yeah, no, probably. This allowed. is just a hypothetical situation. Continue, Emily. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so he, by chance, comes across her, and Rapunzel cries tears of happiness. Her tears fall on his damaged eyes, and he can see again. Which, like, what position are you holding each other in to where you can cry directly into someone's eyeballs? Well, come here, I'll show you. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> okay, 
So for the ending of our tale, the prince takes Rapunzel and his twins back to the kingdom where he lives and they live happily ever after. Mother Gothel is not dead and Rapunzel never had magic glowing hair when she sings. The end. Okay. What's okay. our next story? <laughs> next up we have Princess and the Frog. Ooh, your favorite. Uh, yeah, I love this Disney movie <laughs> and it kind of disappoints me that it's so different from the original tale. How is it different? In the original, Tiana was actually already a princess when she met the frog prince. She was also very unlikable. The characteristics that she had were not the ones that Tiana had. Was she like, like at rude? Because Tiana was like a hard worker. She had like six jobs and was saving yeah. up for a restaurant. And mm-hmm. Yeah. This princess, none of that. Garbage person. Like garbage personality. Not a not a girl boss is what you're saying. Not a girl boss. Not again. <laughs> In the original tale, the princess loses a golden ball down the well, and the frog prince gets it for her on the condition that she will bring him with her to the palace and become his friend. The princess, though, doesn't keep her word. She just goes to the palace mm-hmm. and the prince the frog prince follows her. That's so uh, sad. <laughs> yeah it's and, poor little dude and it's poor uh, little frog i and mean it was like, kind of probably hard for a frog to carry a ball but yeah the frog follows her to the palace and the princess's father the king was like oh you gave this frog your word you're going to have to keep it oh and so the princess is like okay fine feeds the frog and lets the frog uh sleep in her bed mm-hmm. and she does this for three consecutive nights. Three business uh, days. <laughs> she took a Saturday off. <laughs> oh, three consecutive nights. Okay. And on the morning after those three nights, there was just the prince lying in her bed. And he's like, a man. <laughs> he's just like, hey, you know, I'm a prince. I was stuck in this frog form. And he explains the curse. In the Disney version. It's so vastly different. Tiana was turned into a frog because she kissed a f- the frog prince. And, yeah, because in their, like, frog prince story that they had, he's like, oh, and the princess kisses the frog. And then he magically turns back into a prince, so you need to do that with me. And she's like, okay, sure, I'll kiss the frog as long as you give me money for my mm-hmm. restaurant. And... <laughs> Well, she kisses him and she turns into a frog. You're telling me that there wasn't a voodoo witch doctor and also an alligator who could play the the trumpet? Play the trumpet. I just want you to know that I would gladly crawl down a well for any of you. Thank you, Emily. I did did that that today. You did that. You were in a well today. I was in a well today. Did you fall down the well or? No. Oh, it was on purpose. Okay. (laughs) I used a ladder. What's our next tale? Who wants to tell us a story? Okay, I'll go. I appreciate you. Next is Sleeping Beauty. What can you tell us about Sleeping Beauty, Victoria? I can tell you a lot. (laughs) What do you want to know? What do you want to know? But it's very close in the beginning to the story. Who is it by? By Charles Perrault. So the only real difference in the beginning is that an old fairy that thought she was being slighted because she was not invited to the party the child instead of Maleficent no one had seen her in 50 years so obviously she was not invited they probably (laughs) thought she was dead (laughs) why didn't you invite me bro I thought you were dead (laughs) there were seven fairies including the old fairy that were invited and one waited for the old 
slighted fairy to give her gift, which was a curse, so that she could change it. So instead of dying, Briar Rose would just fall asleep for a hundred years. So Briar Rose does not go to live with the fairies like she does in the movie. The king just outlaws spinning wheels. So when she's 15 or 16, she finds a servant using a spinning wheel and she's curious about it. And she says, oh, look at this pointy thing. Let me touch it. And then she falls asleep. For we had so much faith years. in you. We, we did. We did really a lot thought. for you. So she, so she pricks, it, uh, pricks her yes. finger and then falls asleep for 100 years. Yes. And the fairy who saved her and made it so the curse would only put her to sleep puts everyone else in a dreamlike state so they'll awake right when the princess does. And she surrounds the castle in a wall of thorns. <laughs> the prince happens upon the wall of thorns. And we know princes go over walls. But he goes through that's a wall. A, that's a trait. It's a trait. All it's princes the, all just, princes just, just they go, go to a wall walls. and they're like, no. Yes. I'm a man, man. I'm a man. I'm a I am man. <laughs> <laughs> I will go through the wall. The wall will part for me because I am a princely person. Yes. Yeah. That's so how that it happens. happens. All right, cool. So he goes through the wall of thorns, but he's not blinded, right? No. no. Okay. Not, not in this, this tale. Maybe next time. Maybe, Maybe next time. Uh, conspiracy theory. It's the same <laughs> prince. <laughs> he just can't get away from thorns. He's like, I know you. I've come upon you before. <laughs> he goes inside and finds everyone asleep, but he assumes that they're dead. Uh-oh. And then he finds the princess, and right when he kneels down is the moment she wakes up, because that's the exact moment that a hundred years were up. It's a miracle. It's convenient. They marry. They have two children. Oh. This is like the other story. Rapunzel, they it had twins. It's not twins. It's not twins. It's just two children. I know, but it's still two offspring. The prince keeps it a secret from his mother and father until he takes over the kingdom when his father dies. Because his mother, side note, is an ogre that'll eat his children. His mom's an ogre? Minor details, yes. Oh, no. So the prince wages war on a neighboring kingdom. His mother tries to eat his family. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Not again. The servant (laughs) deceives her, and she finds out and tries to punish the servant. And the prince comes home right before the servant and his family were about to be thrown into a vat of vipers you know a normal everyday keep, yeah. yeah you don't have a viper Casually. pit in your in no. your oh you really got to get one oh. it's great okay i will work on that <laughs> the prince's mother is so ashamed <laughs> that she throws herself into the vat and dies oh no and the prince is sad but also happy well you know his As family isn't dead like, uh, his mother yeah. is but his the rest of his family she didn't eat my family so wait but if she's an ogre could she fight off the the pit of vipers i don't know depending on what like ogre lore you're going with i don't know how impenetrable their skin is you know what i'm saying or how like strong i I believe she dies though because it says she dies so well okay i'm gonna i'm just gonna but in the but in the disney sleeping beauty i mean it's kind of i mean that's kind of close i mean except for the ending yeah and except for the the whole maleficent part Mm -hmm. yeah there's no maleficent What's Angelina Jolie is just gonna have to deal with it. She's not there. Gillian, would you like to tell us about your favorite fairy? I would. I would love to tell you guys the differences between the original, The Little Mermaid, and the Disney version. So the original Little Mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen, and in the original, instead of being named Ariel, the the Little Mermaid just didn't have a name. Like she was just the mermaid. 
or the Little Mermaid, because apparently that's that matters. Deciding factor. So in the Disney version, there was King Triton, right? But in the original, he's just known as the Mer King. And instead of being completely against humans, and I think like in the Little Mermaid, it was like their mother had died, like the the yeah. King Triton's wife had died because of humans. Mm-hmm. That that's not a thing. Because it's Disney, there has to be at least yeah. one dead parent. Yeah, yes. it's Disney. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a dead parent, and he's completely against all of his people his daughters and everything going up to the surface but in the original the murk king actually let all of his daughters go up to the surface on their 16th birthday so they can see the strange two-legged creatures the little mermaid does ask a sea witch for help but the potion the sea witch gives to the the mermaid it, it does give her legs but it also makes them feel like there are knives stabbing them repeatedly whenever she walks which like i don't think i would enjoy yeah probably not really? Pro- probably not and the sea witch does take the little mermaid's tongue Uh-oh. so she can't speak not her vo- like her voice doesn't go into her- a shell what yeah i know <laughs> it's just let me take your tongue there's and no ghost hands reaches yeah there's no really cool throat. ghost hands oh yeah she didn't have to do that it was just like tongue just, just okay yeah and and here's a huge difference if she if the prince marries someone else instead of her She'll die. Oh, oh no. yeah, it's pretty cool. That's super cool. Super rad. I don't remember the agreement in the in the Disney version. I think if she didn't get the prince to kiss her, like yeah. after three days, she'll turn it into one of those like little oh, like, into one of those little crusty little yeah. little pieces of seaweed. On the, I'm remembering all of this now. Um, yeah, no. So she'll just straight up die if the prince doesn't marry her. And the prince is actually engaged to be married to somebody else. So when the mermaid is in person mode, in person mode. on land walking around, <laughs> she thinks of killing the prince so that she can live. Like she's in panic mode. However, she apparently loves him so much that she throws the knife into the sea, which I guess is her being a good person. The mermaid does not end up with the prince. And so she becomes a spirit of the air. There was no flounder, no scuttle or Sebastian or any singing in the original version. She just straight up kind of goes into the ocean. And I've read versions where she turns into sea foam, which she dissolves. But, I mean, technically, still a spirit of the air. In this one, like, mermaids are all supposed to become sea foam. But since she did this act of kindness towards a human, she became a spirit of the air, which is what humans are supposed to turn into once they die. So she ended up being able to be a human in the afterlife? Yeah. Because she did a good act, what, not killing him? Yeah. Wow, Krista, you're doing me such a good service right now by just not throttling me. I know. I'm going to become a spirit of the air once I die. Because well, on that note. <laughs> on that note. That concludes our main topic. And we shall be talking about our section spotlight next. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So enough, enough about Disney movies and the original fairy tale versions of them our section spotlight we're focusing on fairy tales so you can find a multitude of fairy tales in the non-fiction sections easy junior adult under the dewey decimal number 398.2 here are some of our favorite fairy tales emily (laughs) okay kids for the first book i have picked out we don't actually have it here but it is called A Thousand Nights by E.K. Johnston. I believe it would be young adult-ish. And I'll read you a synopsis. Lomelkin killed 300 girls before he came to our village looking for a wife. 
When she sees the dust cloud on the horizon, she knows he has arrived. She knows he will want the loveliest girl, her sister. She vows she will not let her be next. And so she is taking her sister's place, and she believes death will soon follow. Lomalkin's court is a dangerous place, filled with pretty things, intricate statues with wretched eyes, <laughs> exquisite threads to weave the most beautiful garments. She sees everything as if for the last time. But the first sun rises and sets, and she is not dead. Night after night, Lo Melkin comes to her and listens to the story she tells. And day after day, she is awoken by a sunrise. Exploring the palace, she begins to unlock years of fear that have tormented and silenced the kingdom. Lo Melkin was not always a cruel ruler. Something went wrong. Far away in their village, her sister is mourning. Through her pain, she calls upon the desert winds, conjuring a subtle, unseen magic and something besides death stirs the air. Back at the palace, the words she speaks to Lomalkin every night are given a strange life of their own. Little things at first, a dress from home, a vision of her sister. With each tale she spins, her power grows. Soon she dreams of bigger, more terrible magic. Power enough to save a king if she could put an end to the rule of a monster. And then recently I also learned there was a sequel, and I read it in like two hours because it was so good. You're a fast reader. It was, it was a very good book. Okay. I guess there are 368 pages. A fast reader. <laughs> so basically, it takes place like 300 years later. It has been generations since the Storyteller Queen, so the main character of the last book. Wait, real quick. What's the title of this? Oh, this one is Spindle. Sorry. Also by E.K. Johnston. It has been generations since the Storyteller Queen drove the demon out of her husband and saved her country from fire and blood. Her family has prospered beyond the borders of their village, and two new kingdoms have sprouted on either side of the mountains where the demons are kept prisoner by bright iron, and the creatures the storyteller queen made to keep them contained. But the prison is crumbling. Through years of careful manipulation, the demon has regained her power. She has made one kingdom strong and brought the other to its knees, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. When a princess is born, the demon is ready with the final blow, a curse that will cost the princess her very soul or force her to destroy her own people to save her life. The threads of magic are tightly spun, binding princess and exiled spinners into a desperate plot to break the curse before the demon can become a queen of men. But the web of power is dangerously tangled, and they may not see the true pattern until it is unspooled. So that has kind of inspiration from the Sleeping Beauty story. And then the first one, A Thousand Nights, is kind of like A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, but also I felt like it was kind of also inspired by Beauty and the Beast a little bit too. But they're both really good, and if you're a fan of fairy tales at all, or just any like young adult kind of magical story, it's really good. So, and then also in our young adult section, we have a tale dark and grim by Adam Gidwitz, which is inspired by Grimm's fairy tales. Also, a pretty good book if you're interested in that too. Gillian, would you like to share your books? Yeah, uh, I like the Stinky Cheese Man. <laughs> Any particular reason why? Well, as a kid, I really liked the the, the the Gingerbread Man. I thought it was like a super cute story. I thought it was cool that a fox ate him in the end. I don't know why I, I thought that was really cool as a kid. So cool. He's so <laughs> rad. Oh, that's so cool. But the Stinky Cheese Man, I don't know. I thought it was funnier. And I, I also met the Stinky Cheese Man when I was like five. I have a Polaroid picture of me at like an ancient Barnes and Noble meeting meeting the Stinky Cheese Man. It was like a, a man in a big felt, <laughs> but I was convinced. Uh, I liked the Puss in Boots story. I think I just had like a thing with like tiny ginger colored mammals and cookies, just being being complete radical, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Peter Pan. I had I had an obsession with Peter Pan probably like in the sixth grade, I think. Did you really like the movie Hook? I loved Hook. Loved Hook. 
with Robin Williams. Yeah. I loved Hook. I really liked the, like the 2003 version of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. I liked the Disney Peter Pan. I liked the book, The Finding Neverland, which is a, a Johnny Depp movie about mm-hmm. J.M. Barry, who actually wrote Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. I like that movie as well. Yeah, The Last Unicorn. I'm not sure if it's a book, if it was a, a fairy tale or anything. I think it is a book. Okay. I never read it, so. but the movie, The Last Unicorn, it's like an animated movie. That was pretty cool. Those are my fairy tales that I enjoy. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Krista, what are your favorite fairy tales? So I really like the story Thumbelina. I also like the movie Thumbelina. I I just Mm -hmm. really enjoy the fact that there's fairies in it. I like everything with fairies, to be honest. I also really like the book Cinders, Chicken Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Just a chicken Cinderella. Well, I really like any type of, like, the classic fairy tale Mm -hmm. where they input, like, animals. Like Like, Dinorella? Yes! Yeah, where Cinderella is a dinosaur. And then, what was that? Oh, wait, can I add something to mine? There was a a, a Skellerella, or it was, like, a spooky version of Cinderella, and she was uh, a skeleton. And That's so were cool. her mom and her stepmom and stepsisters. Everyone was a skeleton. It was very Halloween-y and Tim Burton-y. It was pretty cool. I like that how one. How did she... How was she wearing She broke shoes? her foot. She broke oh. her foot off. So then they were trying to... <laughs> it was. She lost her actual foot she because they're all her. skeletons. Well, that makes sense. You just have to find the... Like, yeah, the, the one person who has no foot. Yeah, and she had red hair. So I was like... Oh, my gosh. I know. You you are the skele- skelerella? Skeler- yes. So it was just Cinderella skeleton. Cinderella skeleton. Robert D. Sansushi. Sansushi did. That's cool. Oh, okay. also, The Last Unicorn is a book. Ha ha! Oh, cool. I should probably read that. Peter S. Beagle. Cool. 1968. So, if you also like fairy tales as an adult, I would recommend The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. It's like the classic fairy tales that you know but it puts a science fiction dynamic to it, like with cyborgs, because all the princesses are cyborgs. <laughs> okay. Victoria, what Ooh. are your favorite fairy tales? Well, <clears throat> my, my, <laughs> my favorite fairy tale growing up was Cinderella. Oh. Kind of cliche, but my twin sister and I were matching Cinderella's for Halloween. My mom made our little dresses. Aww, that's cute. Favorite costume. And then the other fairy tale I was obsessed with was The Princess and the Pea, because I saw the Morrison High School production of One Spot a Mattress, which was fantastic. I saw that. Yes, Krista and I both saw that. <laughs> My sister was in that. Who was oh. she? She was a maid. <laughs> she did not have a leading role or anything. That's still cool. I probably cool. thought she was really cool. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they're all so cool. They're all so cool. And t-. So I do find it a little bit difficult to enjoy fairy tales now. I'm a card-carrying feminist. Oh, card, a card-carrying. Card yes. We where can I, where'd you get a card? I'll, I'll get you one. Okay. Cool. I'll make you one. Get me one. I find it difficult because uh, women's consent and uh, sort of lack of ability to do what they want is evident in uh, a lot of fairy tales but i do enjoy that a lot of books now are pushing back against that and one book that i really love is el enchanted by gail carson levine which was written in 1997 and later became a movie which is also very good about a young woman who is cursed to obey every command she is given. So I feel like the author really takes the good 
obedient princess trope and asks us to consider how damaging it is to all of us and shows us how much stronger and more powerful we all are when we're unconstrained by societal expectations and how it is much better for everyone. And I also recently checked out a book to a patron called Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Barron, which I'm really interested to read. It's a twist on the original tale and it features a queer black female main character. Um, Here's a synopsis from Goodreads. It's 200 years after Cinderella found her prince, but the fairy tale is over. Teen girls are now required to appear at the annual ball, where the men of the kingdom select wives based on a girl's display of finery. It is if a suitable match is not found, the girls not chosen are never heard from again. 16-year-old Sophia. Murder? Perhaps. Murder. I am. Yes. Yes. Yikes. Most likely murder. Most likely. Great. We love this. No, 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 no. Murder? <laughs> no one wants to marry you. We have to kill Bye. you. That I makes guess. sense. Yikes. That's total logic there. Logical. Oh, Thinking yeah. with the brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Moving on. 16-year-old Sophia would much rather marry Aaron, her childhood best friend, than parade in front of suitors. At the ball, Sophia makes the desperate decision to flee and finds herself hiding in Cinderella's mausoleum. There she meets Constance, the last known descendant of Cinderella and her stepsisters. Together they vow to bring down the king once and for all, and in the process they learn that there's more to Cinderella's story than they ever knew. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to season one, and we will see you in season two. Until then, happy reading! Between the Stacks is hosted, written by Gillian Larson, Krista Mapes, and Emily Lenore. Special thanks to our guest, Victoria Horn, the entire Odell Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast.